This episode is brought to you by Thinknear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. and welcome to untethered.tv. I'm your host and founder, Rob Woodbridge. Deep linking, deep linking. I want you to remember that phrase, deep linking. As you go through this entire episode, I want you to remember that phrase. And for many of you out there, this may be the first time that we've actually had somebody on, that you've listened to somebody uh, talking about what that means and what the impact it is gonna have on your mobile strategy, your mobile app strategy, and uh, actually mobile growth to begin with. Um, We've got, uh, we've got a great guest. His name is Alex Austin. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Branch. You go to branch.io if you'd like some more information about these guys. But when I came across them, I came across from a podcast. For those of you out there who don't believe that podcasts, the reach of podcasts is not great, this is how I found the company. I found their podcast in iTunes and I listened to their podcast and then I found the company and I thought, oh my God, how come I haven't heard of these guys? So I reached out and uh, very, very quickly, thanks to Evan, uh, we have Alex on the show to talk about a bunch of things around mobile growth. But first, I'm going to bring him in. Thank you, Alex, for coming on. Thanks for your time, man. Thank you. Well, so you are in, you are deep, you are deep in territory, right? You are in California, <laughs> you're in Silicon Valley, you, you have uh, just uh, raised a, a Series A of uh, $15 million. I think you've done what, it's like $18 million in total raised? That's right, yeah. Congratulations. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's a crazy thing that, that how, you're a small company, a young company, but so it's excusable, and I'm up in Ottawa, Canada. It's excusable that I've never heard of you. But how, how, man? What is Branch? And and I'm so impressed to begin with. So tell people what what Branch is, and then they'll understand why I'm so impressed. Sure. Um, well, basically, like the at the simplest way to describe it is really, we just provide links for apps. Links <laughs> nice. just come it's good. naturally in the web world. Every website has a link just by default. But when we moved to sort of the app ecosystem, links just totally disappeared. And prim primarily because it's really hard to build them. And so we actually figured out a particularly awesome way to build links for apps. And we actually built it for ourselves originally. And then we can we talk a little more about this. But um, And then pretty soon realized that it was a pretty universal tool that every developer on the planet could use. And so just decided to focus on that full time. Oh, man. So this was, what were you trying to do? I mean, what, what spawned the idea? So we actually uh, started out actually as an app development company. The first product we built was a photo book app for Android and iOS. We built it actually as a prim primarily as a way to try to pay for grad school because <laughs> um, uh, tuition around here is ridiculously expensive. And so we built this thing. It was a simple e-commerce app. You could download it, buy photo books. Um, we would handle all the printing and shipping to deliver them all over the world. Uh, we launched it. We were very, very fortunate to be featured on both app stores originally. We saw tens of thousands of downloads, um, even uh, you know, over time, about around the same number of orders. It was incredible. We thought we were well on our way to actually building a sustainable business. And then the app store features ended. 
I think we had naively hoped that the app stores would actually prove to be good distribution for us, <laughs> when in actuality, they turned out to be more of a hindrance to growth rather than promoting it. And so all, all three of us at the time decided to just exclusively focus on growth. And it was anything that we could possibly do to try to grow this app. And so we would do like, you know, advertising, marketing. We tried to work with affiliates to try to get them to drive more downloads. From a product perspective, we'd build virality into the app through sharing or referrals. And fundamentally, the concept of growth when it comes to an app is that you have like a message that sits external to your app that somebody can interact with, a new user who's never heard of you, that when they interact with it will drive them to your app as quickly as possible. In order to do that, you really need a link. And so all of these various growth initiatives we were working on, we couldn't find a link that could actually properly handle routing somebody back to our app, to our business, as fast as possible. And so, um, you know, we just being sort of uh, resourceful people decided to build it for ourselves. And um, to be, be honest, like everyone we knew in the app, like all of our friends who were working on apps, they immediately asked us if they could use it. And pretty soon it was actually pretty clear that this this linking tool was actually growing a lot faster than our photo book business. And so we said, <laughs> forget photo books. And so we sold the photo book business. Um, and that was around July of last year. And since then have been Branch, the linking company. So so you, you said, too, I, I love the story. And, and I think that that's where, <laughs> you know, where true idea comes from. And we've seen all these like 37 signals, how they started off over here and then they built the tool that ends up being their business. And, and the same thing up here, we have a, a company that uh, called Cognos that was a BI company that, that basically did consulting. And then they built a, you know, a business intelligence product that helped them do the consulting. And then that was their business. And then they were bought by IBM for $5 billion, right? So the, the, the <laughs> Shopify, we talked about Shopify, which is the company yeah. that started off as a, a, a um, an online store to buy snowboards and they went out and tried to find some good software that they could actually build an e-commerce platform or e-commerce store and they couldn't so they built their own and now you know they're a two billion dollar company that just went public so I, I, you know those stories they, they happen right often yeah. the idea that you start that you go down isn't the idea that you end with it, it opens up opportunities for you and right? it's it's really one of the like one of my biggest pieces of advice for any aspiring entrepreneur is no matter what you do, the first idea is probably going to fail. And, <laughs> but the most important thing is that you're actually doing something and learning in the process. I mean, like we ended up, my typical sort of like business starting cycle was I'm going to come up with an idea that I think is great. I'm going to build it. And then it failed. And then this was the first time that I had actually sort of encountered a personal problem for myself built the solution and then realized that it happened to be a universal solution that like every person on the planet, you know, every developer on the planet could use. So did they, did, when you were talking to your friends, the, the other developers, uh, I mean, you've got a great spot. You're in a great spot to do this because you can just bump into people you know, <laughs> anywhere you go that are building apps. But, yeah. Uh, did they realize they had that problem or when you explained what they, what was happening, uh, did they then realize that the problem was there? Yeah, so I mean, we we the when, it comes down to just sort of defining the problem statement, and it's really honestly one thing about when you provide links. Like we solve so many different problems from a linking perspective, and it really depends on who you're asking. But typically, the experience, like sort of the interaction that we get with a first time you know person who's just aware of us, is like 
I've been looking for you for four years. I can't believe you just like decided to come into you know existence today. Like, how did I? You know, I feel like I've been wandering my life looking for this product, and it finally exists. Isn't that and funny a, though? It's crazy. It's it's like um, it's just one of those things. that's like so obvious, and it's so obvious when you sort of compare apps to websites that you need links in in an app world, and like. For some reason, we're now like whatever seven years down the line and building the building out the mobile ecosystem, and nobody has realized this. So, um, you know, it's one of the. I just feel very fortunate to be in a position to have like stumbled upon the opportunity and also stumbled into actually building the product that solves it. So, you know, you know what I say to those other entrepreneurs, right? Is that uh, I guess they're not as good an entrepreneur as you, simply because you identified the need. <laughs> They've just been waiting for it to happen. Yeah. I just say suckers. But just, <laughs> you, you said two things, though, that, that uh, really caught my attention when you were introducing uh, the, the company and the concept is that hindrance and as fast as possible. So the hindrance of getting somebody to download the application you know, and then making sure that that process is as fast as possible. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Explain what, what that means, because I think that that's at, that's at the core of the challenge here. Yeah, no, it's a really it's really great uh, that you picked up on that. I mean, primarily the app stores themselves. Like they serve no purpose. In like, imagine if you were um, like in the web world, and let's say somebody sent you a, a video to a you you know YouTube video, and you've never heard of YouTube before, you've never visited it, it's your first time experience with it, and you're like, oh, this video, I love cats, I really want to watch this video, I can't wait to watch it. You click it before you actually get to the video you're presented with sort of a YouTube website summary page that's like, <laughs> here's this website you're about to visit called YouTube. You know, it's got two and a half stars out of five. Um, they describe it as an entertaining, you know, video portal. You can upload your videos and you're like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really want to upload any videos, but uh, I, I kind of want to watch this cat video. And so you have to like, you know, fully commit to pressing a button, then waiting many seconds to interact with the video. Like by the time you actually get there, it's just like uh, you've been like dragged through the mud and like you know slapped in the face ten times. And I just honestly, the app store is like uh, both app stores really are like the worst thing for from business perspective. If you're actually trying to build a business in the mobile ecosystem, the only challenges that you are facing are the app store challenges. How to work around them? It's true. And so from our perspective, it's like um, we want to try to get somebody to that App Store page as quickly as we possibly can. And we also, after they get through that horrible process of actually installing it, open it up. We want to treat them with the most like personalized, delightful, you know, welcome that they've ever experienced. Just like that something that's so memorable that they'll definitely come back and, and uh, you know, reuse the product again. And so from our perspective, like, the reason that this is uh, one of the challenges that when it comes to linking is actually getting somebody to the appropriate app store page as quickly as possible. Like from a link perspective in the web, you click it and it just stays in the browser. That's all you ever have. But in the mobile ecosystem, there's an app store. It can actually open up the app itself. You might want to actually go to a website. There's all these different different potential outcomes multiplied by the different types of browsers, by the different operating systems. Somebody could click on their desktop. It's so hard to actually get somebody to that App Store page. And so we just wanted one link that just we could put anywhere, and it was guaranteed to drive somebody to that page as fast as possible. So like they hit the desktop, let them you know, SMS to download if they want. You know, just like 
just get them there in the shortest number of steps. So uh, it, it, it's such a great way of putting it. And as I'm doing this, I'm taking notes. So I'm not looking down <laughs> and watching a video or anything like a cat video down here. <laughs> you know, my, um, with your, with your, uh, photo book app, it seems uh-huh. to me like you did everything right. Right. Like it seems to me like you, you, you managed to get featured, which is, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, goal. Um, yeah. You managed to get featured on both stores. Uh, you managed to get thousands and thousands of downloads. You managed to get thousands of orders. Um, but, but, and then you did everything that you could once you were off offline. But was anything ever as effective as being featured? Um, no, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the app stores today, um, and you can interrupt me too at any time, but <laughs> if you look at worry. the app stores today, We've got like there are basically two ways that you have to to actually a shot at building a successful business. You either are blessed by Apple and Google as one of the five apps that they actually feature per week, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> right? Yes. And there's there's like fifty thousand new apps coming online every month. The chances that you actually do that or have the connections to make that happen impossible. And so the other possibility is that you're fortunate enough to have a large marketing budget to basically buy your way to the top of the charts. Those are the only two ways that you'll ever get discovered. Aside from that, it's just a hopeless a hopeless endeavor. And so, if you're trying to grow organically, you have to like fight your way through every possible avenue to just try to get people to your app cuz they're definitely not going to find you by searching. So, yeah, what do you say to people who are focusing all of their efforts on on kind of um, you know, app store uh, optimization and, uh, you know, app store, uh, you know, SEO? I think there's there's definitely some techniques that you can use to, um, you know, actually appear in search results, trying to target very underserved, like, search terms. Yeah. The problem now at this day and age, though, is a majority of those search terms for, like, most of the problems have been addressed. So uh, I, I'm, like, a, I love building apps. It's just, like, a passion of mine. The the possibility of um, you know writing a little piece of functionality and pushing it out to a po- like a, a really powerful computer in everybody's pockets is like just absolutely enthralling, and so I often will do that on the weekends. Uh, <laughs> but one of the apps I released was with um, iOS eight. They actually allowed apps to edit photos, and so what I uh, I did is allowed like a person to quickly go through and delete duplicates to help clean up space on their phone and uh, the title of the app is like not really anything recognizable I just named it make space on your phone or and it was like the only intention was to try to capture people that are frustratingly typed in you know typing that in and it's it maybe drives like 10 or 15 downloads a day it's not substantial I just there's probably not that many search people searching that uh, set of keywords but um, Anyway, so I think there's possibilities to, to, to grow that way, but typically if you talk to most people or if you just sort of reflect on your own app interactions, the majority of growth that occurs is through word of mouth. It's somebody to say, hey, I tried this great app, you've got to try it. And it might happen verbally, it might happen via an invite, you know, there's, it's, it's all organic, it's all sort of this like viral growth is what drives majority of discoverability just because search is fundamentally broken in, in, in the app stores. So Totally agree. I had a friend of mine just yesterday, in, in calendar day yesterday, not yesterday for those of you who are listening to this. It, it did not happen. It's calendar day yesterday. <laughs> I'd like to clarify that. Um, 
that asked me the same question. Is that you know when I when he's building an app and he said, uh, do I come up with a fancy name for it or do I come up with a practical name, which is like get sales leads, right? You know, and and I said, you know, if it, when you're looking in, inside of the app store, um, I would tend to be more on the practical side than the fancy side, right? So yeah. if if whatever you think that your customer is typing into that bar, exactly, that's where you start, right? Is that advice you'd give? Yeah, totally. I mean, you don't if you're you have no shot otherwise, unless you have just raised you know fifteen million dollars and you want to buy a, a ton of installs on Facebook, but that's not a sustainable <laughs> model anyway. With I think installs nowadays are costing like four dollars a piece, and good luck ever making that back in an LTV. It's crazy. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. You know, yeah so. it's, it's there's a tipping point here, right, with, with these stores. But um, mm. you, you had mentioned something that was very interesting because typically what you would say is, or what you would do is you would link to the app store as you said. So it's either a landing page for the app, or it would link to the app store, and you'd get the same generic page, whether mm -hmm. regardless of where it was that you linked from. So when you land on mm. the app store page. It's the App Store page, right? Uh, and then you're, you're, you're forced to download. So there's many, many, many steps. But you said something interesting about personalized experience. Yeah. Right? So that it, how, how, how does what you do facilitate that? Do you have yeah, any examples sure. there? Here it is, the conversation about deep linking. But before we get there, a word from our sponsor, Thinknear. This episode is brought to you by Thinknear. Here's co-founder John Hennigan to remind us we what they do. We specialize in delivering advertising solutions uh, for our customers that focus on location. They also help you save money on gas, whether you know it or not. They worked with a national fueling station with locations across the country. Brett Cohen explains what Thinknear did. One of the things we wanted to do with location is pull in local data and use it as part of the ad creative. We served mobile ads and in the banner creative, we actually piped in through an API local gas price information. It's actually telling them the lowest price gas in that in that local area. And when they click through the ad, they could get a list of all the gas stations in their local area, say in the nearest one to two miles, and get the live real-time gas prices. We're giving them information that helps them make a better decision about where to buy their gas, where to buy their fuel, and that makes for a much better brand experience and a much better performance for the campaign. Think near. Saving you money at the pump. And now back to Alex Austin of Branch. How does what you do facilitate that? Do you have yeah, any examples sure. there? So this gets into the subject of deep linking. And so we we solve like a lot of different things. Like, you know, one of the one of the most basic pieces of functionality is actually just getting the person to the app store, which is hard enough as is. But <laughs> the second piece that we decided to do and 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 do really well is on the deep linking side. And Deep linking is like super abstract as a concept, and this gets, I'll, I'll get back to your personalization with an example, but deep linking is really um, the concept that you have like, you know, really if you've made an, uh, a native app work a lot like a website. So in that YouTube example, when you click a link to view a video on YouTube and it shows you that video, you've been deep linked to that video. It's the same concept. And so if you're building an app business, you want your videos or your photo books or your pictures or articles or whatever to all be just as accessible as those YouTube videos. So when somebody clicks a link, you want them to get to that particular piece of content as fast as possible. And so one thing that's just impossible, it's actually just like technically 
impossible to do with the app stores designed as they are is when somebody shows up in your app for the first time to uh, just for who they just installed the app, you have no idea where they came from. You have no idea that they had just clicked on a you know a particular photo book link, a video link, what whatever. And so the only thing that you do, and this is everybody's experience who's just downloaded an app, is just show them a splash screen. You have to ask that person. You have to ask every user now who shows up in your app, where did you come from and what do you want? Whereas we wanted to just know where they came from and what they wanted. And so we had to build out this complex linking system just to be able to pass that information through the app stores so that when the app opened for the first time, we could show them like the thing they exactly expected to see. And from a user's perspective, it's just such a foreign concept to be treated with like this personal experience in the app ecosystem that it's just like it's delightful. And so they end up sticking around like many, many months longer. They're much more likely to sign up and engage with your business. Um, there's many actual like business benefits to doing this. But really the course concept is just to like take the experience that we've really come accustomed to in the web world and bring it to native apps. Yeah, so it seems so simple. I, you know, yeah. but I but and it seems like when I saw you guys and when I read what you did and when I heard some of the examples in the podcast, uh, it, it just dawned on me. I said, well, of course. I mean, that, that's what we expect as consumers. We've expected that since you know since early days of the web, and yeah. and now now we're getting it on mobile. It was it was a it was a thing that was missing. Um, yeah. But you, you're right. I mean, I've read stats that you provided. Obviously, that that are like um, that the engagement rate is much higher. That the mm -hmm. surprise and delight factor is much higher, and the retention rate is much higher simply because. When you're landing on a page that is customized for you, um, exactly. obviously it, it means that you care just a little bit more than everybody else. We, we've started calling it a contextual linking. And the concept is basically that you can carry the context of the user and the expectations that they have when they click that link through to the native app. And so that no matter if they had the app before or they're coming in it from the first time, you can show them the thing that they expect to see. And it's, it's just basic, basic functionality that every app on the planet should employ. Yes. And so it's just like a, you know, I think in general, the, the reception that we've seen from the market so far really indicates that, like, developers have literally just been waiting for this thing. So, Well, it, it sounds to me like they, they have. And, and again, yeah. for those of us that looked at this and thought that this was a huge problem and didn't do anything about it, well, we're, we're just <laughs> not as smart, right? That's the, It's one of those ideas that you wish you had. <laughs> um, but now when we get into this deep linking concept, right, which is which is literally, uh, you, you know, it's simple to say, look, um, you know, when you do a search for, uh, you know, a dancing cat and then you, it brings you to a YouTube video, that's deep linking. But when it comes to when it comes to mobile, some of the things that some of the examples, some of the, the, the customers that you've had that are, 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 are obvious to me that would say, well, of course, that's a logical thing, but but the impact is so profound. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've heard some examples that you guys have provided, and, and can you give us some real tangible examples of, of things that, that branches done, or branch customers have done, mm -hmm. in order to be able to benefit their business through deep, 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 deep linking? Yeah, sure. Um, so there's, we have currently, uh, I think, 1,400 or 1,500 apps uh, and growing pretty wildly just out of uh, care, like did that did that start small like, <laughs> was it was yeah, it sure. just a gradual thing or um <laughs> it's been a, just an absolutely wild ride to be with <laughs> i mean i can just take just pause a little bit and talk about that like uh so we 
formally announced the product, I think around early October, mid-October, and we had around 20 apps, mostly our friends using the tool at the time. And it's getting it's gotten to the point now where we're adding about a hundred or more new apps going live with the tool like every week. And um, it's honestly grown a lot. If you would have asked me when we first announced it that this was like it would grow as fast as it did, I would never have believed you. So um, honestly, it just feels like we're more along for the ride than anything else. Well, so uh, just I, I mean, I, I know yeah. I asked you about deep linking, and now we're in a completely different area, and we'll come yeah, back yeah. to deep linking in a second. But I'm, I'm interested to know is this this was from from word of mouth? I mean, how how do you think that this has kind of propagated itself? Yeah, so I mean, one of the things that we've done is um, we we started organizing meetups actually in the, in the Bay Area. Um, we just find in general that the best way to help help people out is really to interact with them on a personal level. Like you know, you can write things and people might read through it briefly, and um, you know, you might show them an advertisement or like a marketing thing. But like the best way to touch somebody and really impact them and, and make the impression about how important this is for their business is from a, like a personal communication. And so we started organizing these meetup groups specifically focused around growth, mm-hmm. mobile growth, and how like you, you would come to this meetup group, we would bring sort of experts that have done well for themselves in the mobile ecosystem, and they basically just give tips and tricks on how to actually grow their app. And um, you know, in a, in a few months, this thing has grown to about 2,300 um, uh, developers who actually, we attend them on, like a, on almost a biweekly basis. It's just been incredible to see. But when you make an impact like that on somebody, they tend to just tell everybody they know. They're just like, you know, I checked out this really cool thing. Like, you know, everybody's using it. Here's a couple really cool use cases. You got to check it out. Um, and so we think we, we get more than half, probably now around 60 to 70% of our new signups and integrations just through word of mouth referrals, we think. Um, and right now it's actually primarily, which is which crazy enough, uh, pr- really, really focused in the Bay Area. Yeah. So one of our challenges now as a team is to go take this sort of like high touch, you know, meetup model and try to replicate it all over the world. But um, that's sort of our, you know, um, our internal challenges. But just got to come up to Canada, right? That's how. You, that's next, yeah. obviously, right? The size. Well, we have. I think we have a meetup uh, happening mid June in Vancouver. I can't yes. remember the actual date, yeah. but anyways, um, I won't do any promotion. <laughs> not, not until you know. Yeah. <laughs> what, so, but that's sorry. so. But that that process, and, and is it as simple as uh, you know? Everybody talks about this. Is it as simple as putting a line of code into their application? For some, for some folks, it is. Um, some people start simple, and they just start with the links themselves. They just want to get that benefit of actually getting the user to the app store page as fast as possible, mm-hmm. and then they quickly fall in love with sort of that functionality. And then the other really cool things we add are like. The ability for you to actually know how many installs you got from each link, wow. so you can actually measure the performance of sort of campaigns or other things that you might be doing, and then also add that deep linking functionality. And those come specifically through the native library that we provide. And so, the the folks will typically like quickly escalate to a you know native integration because it just makes so much sense. And then before like we don't even usually talk to them once they you know actually integrate. And uh, we were bar- rarely talk to them now. It's a very self-service tool. But, um, but we have most companies that started using us like a few months ago now use us for basically every function in their business. Like 
tr email campaigns, advertisements, marketing, referrals, everywhere where a link is involved sitting external to the app, it's typically powered by branch. And it's measurable. So, it's completely measurable, which is yeah. killer. Right? Yeah. Which, which is it's, unbelievable. It's, yeah, so marketing teams just absolutely love it. It's um it's really, really cool. Well, and, and now I'm going to bring us back to uh, this deep leaking examples. But before I do, yeah, I just, sure. you know, the, the, the understanding, you know, the reason that you guys got here is because you were frustrated developers with your own app and you saw these problems as well. Is that, is that accurate to say is that like you've, you faced this challenge. You didn't invent yeah. the problems, right? So are I've, you just satisfying the challenges that you saw as an app developer? I mean, like this is honestly now at this point, this is almost like a, a personal mission for me. Um, <laughs> uh, to be perfectly honest, I've built a lot of apps in my day. I've tried to build businesses in the app ecosystem. It's incredibly hard, and I honestly think a majority of the challenges I mentioned before are due to the constraints, the technical constraints of the app stores and how they're designed. And the lowest points in my life, in like just were when I realized that the app that I had dedicated my life to was not going to work, yeah. that it would not be the big business that I dreamed it would be. And honestly, I think like, I think of Branch as the tool that can act as sort of that glimmer of hope in this like <laughs> abysmal sea of darkness that is the App Store. And so I just want like to be able to deliver this thing to other developers who are in that same state that I have been in is like it's a dream come true. So they I mean, call it the trough of despair, don't they? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. It is. It is. I mean, and it's a it's a really tough. It's a tough. It's a really tough challenge to build a sustainable business in the app ecosystem and to provide the tool that actually gives people a shot at competing with the companies with a hundred million dollars of advertising budget. It's just to see the like their eyes light up when they they realize they might actually have a chance. It's just a, I mean, it's, it feels like, it, like what I was put on earth to do. That's so amazing. Alex, I'm so glad that you're doing this, man. I'm so glad that you're doing this. The right guy doing the right thing. All right. So back to, let's go back to deep linking here. Now that we've taken all that tangent, I just wanted to, mm -hmm. it, it's good to get a perspective of how this thing works. Uh, obviously, um, I should have probably asked that you, the, the first, the first question should have been that, not, not the third. <laughs> I'm still learning here. Um, so tell me, so when now, give us some good examples of, of the way that this is operated for some of the companies that you're, you're, in, you're embedded in. Yeah, sure. Um, and there's a ton. So um, one, one awesome example that I can think of off the top of my head more along the lines of uh, uh, music is um, this company called iHeartRadio. I'm not sure if they're centralized in the Bay Area or like major cities or they might be up in Canada, but they, yeah. they basically have radio stations that are popular, uh, you know, you can dial into on the actual car radio. Um, and you can listen to them now digitally through the app. And so all of these radio stations have pages inside the app. It's exclusively contained in the app. So previously, the only way that you would actually did, like listen to one of your favorite radio stations was to hear through a friend that iHeartRadio has, you know, let's just say Wild 94.9, which is a popular radio station in the Bay Area. So you'd say, okay, cool, I'll check out iHeartRadio. You go to the app store, you actually you know, download the app, and then you'd find it. Now, because they use Branch, the person can actually send you a link to Wild 94.9. And it's exclusively contained in the app. So when you click this link, you go download. The first thing that you're presented with is the radio station that you expected to see. And so they've actually been able to like individually address all of the pages contained within the app with branch links, which just makes all of that content just like indexable, searchable, and just accessible. 
like and the then, most basic thing. And then obviously, if I already have the app installed and you send me the link, it just it launches the app and goes to that page. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like you know, links as you would expect them to work. Finally, and it's just like a, you know, it's such a foreign concept. Anyone who's familiar with LinkedIn on mobile just knows how awful of a job like you know linking has like what most companies have done with linking it's just like a you click it you're hit with like a mobile web splash that asks you to log in and you're just like on the go just trying to figure out what this like who what this person does or you know who who this person looks like and you can't even access it without logging in and nobody wants to type on a you know a tiny little keyboard as you're walking down the street it's just like a anyways it's um we need this desperately. And like the the only thing we want to do is just try to make sure that it gets adopted as quick as possible for the sake of users and developers alike. So you know, because you're right. Every time you land on a a mobile web page, they have that stupid banner at the top that says "Download our app." Download our yeah. app. Down. And all I'm really trying to do is find the one piece of information that I want to. And then yeah. maybe if you provide that to me in a good way, then maybe I'll consider it. But now because yeah. you put that up there, there's no way I'm gonna. You know, that's the frustration of mobile right now, right? Is yeah, it's and those crazy. things can't work. Like you know, it's some they're, they're like um, you know they're like banner ads, right? Mm-hmm. And you just people they, ignore them. They obfuscate what you really want, right? Yeah, uh, and these are lessons, and and uh, you know I, I use uh, what is it called Tune In, for example, um, as a cool. as a radio station, and they don't do deep linking, and I think that you should reach out to them, or if anybody from Tune In listens to this, because I'm on there, and I would love to send people to it, but I don't want to yeah. se- I don't want to send them to the search, right? Yeah. Because you're never going to find me, right? So, th- that- so another another great one is is Living Social um, does the same sort of thing where they have like daily drip campaigns on you know a particular set of deals that you can interact with and so um, in like a week or so those are going to be all powered by branch that when you click one of those links in your email on your phone if you have the app opens up shows you the deal if you don't you can install it open it up and you'll see the deal immediately it's it's going to be super cool um, so and to anyways, think that this this didn't exist before you like yeah, this didn't crazy. exist <laughs> it's crazy oh i don't know god. why oh um god. it's uh i mean honestly we're just lucky to be in the right place at the right time so what about uh, so I've, I've heard some of the examples around um around deep linking between two apps like mm-hmm. uh that that's part of this as well is that if you you're partnered or you've got complementary apps and I, I ran a mobile game company where where I literally you know we have a number of apps and a number of or a number of games and we want mm-hmm. we're trying to do this right to, to be able to cross promotion so you've got some great examples of around that as well don't you yeah so we do for sure so there's um uh we actually it's more of an affiliate relationship between um instacart and this app uh recipe app called yumly instacart is this really great I have, sort of, I have Yumly as well. It's a great app as well. I love it. Uh, it's this great ingredient delivery, I should say, because we're going to talk about recipes soon. So it's yeah. an ingredient delivery app, Instacart. You just like choose the ingredients you want delivered to your door. Yumly is an awesome recipe aggregator, recipe finder. And so what Yumly did is you can actually be looking at a recipe, and then at the very bottom of the recipe it says, order the ingredients. And you click that, takes you straight to Instacart, the App Store page, if you don't have it, the app, if you do, upon open of either one through either channel, your cart is automatically populated with all of the ingredients necessary to make the recipe you were just looking at. And it's just this like just very, very seamless. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like just a very, very seamless, just beautiful integration. And that's like, well, that's probably one of, one of the more complex ones. But, you know, we think of like even linking from Facebook into your app or Twitter into your app or Pinterest or even just the email app, Gmail app itself, 
as like app to app linking is something that we do really really well. So, do you think of like, things like um, like when when Twitter puts out its buy button, right? Eventually, and Pinterest becomes like the world's largest, you know, um, you know, shopping cart, and, uh-huh. and they buy. Do you look at those things and think like, hey, developers, you've got a really cool opportunity here to be able to integrate through through us to be able uh-huh. to turn that into maybe affiliate revenue, for example. Yeah, I t- I totally do. I mean. We basically want to sit and be sort of like the Switzerland of the thousand different platforms that you might want to promote on. And so we'll provide you with the infrastructure that you need to actually set up that buy button on Twitter or you know, power that advertisement on Facebook or whatever other channel you might want to do. I mean, otherwise, you'd have to build out all of these individual integrations yourself. It's crazy. And so fundamentally, we've just like tried to be that exact thing that you need to solve that whole seamless integration in like one super quick integration yeah. so well and, and it sounds like you're doing it which is which is amazing and and as i'm talking like and as you guys are listening or watching this out there you should be thinking about how you can how you can use this platform <laughs> to be able to to not only make your business better but look look at new business opportunities as a result of it I yeah. mean, if, if you had to look out and, and you know, you've got 1500 apps that are, that are using this now. Uh, yeah. I mean, is there, are there any others that stand out that you think, oh, we didn't even see that. That is a great example of something that we never would have seen or we never would have done about how people have been using, uh, have been using Branch? Yeah. So we actually had, a, it's, we, we built some crazy thing. I mean, primarily the way we view our business is like, we want to be this, this one tool that just sort of seamlessly integrates into everything externally. And so if we do not support a use case, we want to make sure that we support it because there's probably like a thousand other people that want it. Um, so we had this like just crazy thing where, I mean, we've done crazy things from referrals, invites, you know, email campaigns, ads, all, the, all that. That's kind of more basic stuff. But we had one that was like a, a social unlocking. And so basically it was like timed deals. And what they would do is you had to invite your friends to uh, quickly unlock this deal. And so the, it would be basically referenced and personally referenced to that person who was trying to unlock the deal um, with a branch link. And then upon install, and people would click the button and then you know unlock, it would all trigger. And if you got like five people to do it in time, it would actually unlock the deal for all five friends. Um, and we powered like basically the whole infrastructure because we've we've also done quite a bit of work in terms of like uh, event streams and things you can trigger based on event streams, but uh, to avoid the details. Um, so yeah, there we've seen some really really weird stuff. So I don't even I don't want to claim that we've seen the like even the half of what people could do with this with this tech. So um, just like let your imagination run wild. Uh, we have a. Just there's an awesome um, company called WeHeartIt that has a social network, and the PM just says he just spends his nights thinking of other ways he can try to use Branch for their app. It's really, but it's that's really what you cool. want to hear. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what you want to hear, right? Because if you become the fabric, like you know, what what makes a good what makes a good business, and and I mean, ultimately, you you found that out is that um, it, it's the business that when when you take it away you miss the hell out of it, right? Or it has mm-hmm. a deep impact on your revenue or it has yeah. a deep impact on your consumer or your customer base or their satisfaction, right? And and yeah. and ultimately, that's where you guys are. And it's it's the thing that people have been striving for to be, you know, it, you might see it as a simple link, but that all that link means is that you are providing tremendous value to your mm-hmm. customer. Uh, you People will never extract it, will they? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's important, like, to be, like, it's just... 
it's something that becomes a core part of your business, and it's one of the reasons that we w- are willing to go above and beyond to build things for for our partners. We don't we don't call people customers; we call people partners because, like, to use our tech, your business is, relies on our infrastructure, yeah. and you trust us to like become a part of your business. And so we go above and beyond. Like, customer support, we'll get back to you in like two hours. We'll build things, anything you need. It's just like. We exist to help you. We're become a part of your engineering team. And so it's just like a, you know, I don't think you can build that type of relationship with most products or companies. So No, I don't I don't think so. I don't think so either. It's it's from this is fascinating to me. So now when you when you step out, I mean, I, I, maybe I can you can answer this or maybe you can't, but when you kind of look a little bit forward, is this is is branch a company that that can remain independent uh, is branch a company that ends up being being a part of of, of an app store is is branch you, you know what I mean like like is is it part of Google you know because they basically right now they manage links ultimately what Google does right uh, they just play yeah. like do you think that far ahead or or um, does that we, does that cross we your mind? do I mean anything that we do um, in the future will be along the same vein of the relationship. Like we want to follow the same vein of relationship that we have with our existing partners. Mm-hmm. I mean, today we exist to help you grow and overcome the barriers of the mobile ecosystem, the primarily the app stores. In the future, the products that we build will only help you even more. And I think primarily one of the biggest problems that developers face in, in you know the ecosystem today is discovery. Yes. It's just app discovery. And I think with the data that we collect and the things that we can do, I think we can really solve that problem. But that's actually as far as I'll. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair that's enough. As far as I'll go. Yeah, yeah. Because I think about like uh, on Android, it makes it pretty easy. I mean, when when um, when Facebook started doing uh, a direct to install, right? So Android, you basically you you send the app to your Android uh, device, right? It, you know, mm-hmm. that was to me that was the conversion rates were crazy, right? But you can't mm-hmm. do it on iOS, right? So mm-hmm. th- there's always that challenge. So, you know, discovery, once discovered, is one piece of the pie. The next is to get it on the device, and, and that's where you guys I, you guys. I think, um, I mean, if I'm looking forward, I think one of the most substantial impacts that would benefit everybody around, developers, users, um, anyone with a phone, is the removal of the App Store. I think we should have the same sorts of interactions with apps that we do on the web. Sure. I, I believe, and I think we're trending there and some of the moves that Apple is making, and we definitely are going to be one of the biggest proponents of anything in this direction that we will get to the point where eventually, as soon as you express intent to actually use a native mobile application, it will be downloaded and cached and run immediately showing you the particular page that you expressed intent in yeah. delivering that native performance there's no reason why that can't happen, and the fact that you know uh, Apple is now actually getting rid of the App Store flow for Facebook and Pinterest mm-hmm. means that they they must realize that this is a thing. So we're just hoping that you know with a te- with the what, one of the one of the core um, sort of characteristics of what the branch delivers is a is a move to focus more on what's beyond the install, and once that's such a, a more pervasive. Sort of, uh, you know, characteristic of the ecosystem. We hope that that install process will just completely be forgotten and removed from the flow. So, I think we're trending there. I'd like to see it happen next year. Probably not, but you know, as soon as possible. And we're going to be fighting on the front lines to try to make it happen. 
You know, it, it's funny because you're right. When you when you're in proximity to an app like a Starbucks, for example. Um, you'll get a little no notification on your lock screen on iOS now, right? Which is which is ultimately kind of bypassing the bypassing. It's creating awareness for the app in the app store. So if you don't have it installed, click here. You can go to the app store and download it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's funny that that Rim, good old BlackBerry, back in the day, right? That you know Java-based apps. Um, they, there was no app store. Right? Mm -hmm. They didn't have an app store. And and I ran a company that all we did was do, you, you know, um, native downloads from our website of our app for BlackBerry devices. They, I mean, and, and then they were, you know, everybody went app store and they were forcing yeah. the app store. But, but you know, <laughs> maybe this decentralized. We got to get back to the roots. It's true. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> ah, poor Rim. That's another story. Um <laughs> So we got a few minutes left, and I'd love to ask you uh, for everybody who's listening. If you just wanna, if you wanna stop here, that's fine. But we're, I'm about to ask him some some tips and some things that he would recommend about uh, growth and, and discovery and and, uh, and mobile growth. Uh, but branch.io, branch.io. I should say that throughout the entire episode because if you just need to go and do it right now, branch.io. Um, but don't do it while you're driving. Make sure you're in you're in front of your machine. Uh, so that brings me to this this end question, just around. Uh, you know this this fascinating topic around growth, around mobile growth, and you seem to have the experience because of the apps that you've done, uh, because of the company that you're running. You must have some advice for for those poor developers that are out there, because you know most of them. If you charted um, you know a uh, hundred steps uh, in 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 kind of in that mobile app development process from ideation to launch, uh, 99 of those 100 steps are around. Uh, product ideas, development, testing, you know, development again, testing, and then you know that last one is usually left to oh my god, we got to launch the app, and then it's deployment, right? So, and then the average lifespan of an app in an app store is like like a mayfly, right? Like a shagfly, it's like three days. So yeah. you could spend a year on an app for a three day launch and then go into obsolescence three days after you launch. So what, what can you, what advice can you give somebody who, who's, yeah. who's going through this process? Um, well, so first, Stop. just get yeah. out and go get a job. <laughs> you, like you need to wait for some fundamental changes because the app stores are just a desolate, just really, really challenging place. But if you're fully determined and I, 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 com I commend you for that, <laughs> what I, I recommend is the product is like, it should be 1% of the journey. You got to build the product. You want to build it as simply as you possibly can. Focus on the like core hypothesis that you have about like why somebody would actually use it, and build only the minimum you need to test it, and launch it as fast as you can because it's not going to work, and you're going to have to change like a thousand times before you actually find the thing that does work. And start working on growth because growth is like that's the journey. That's what will determine whether you succeed or fail. It's not going to be an overnight success. You're going to launch it. You're going to see the next day you have five downloads, and you're going to say, what the hell happened? Like, I thought I could do better than this. And um, the faster you can get to market and start working on the growth problem, the better. So let's say that you've launched this thing. Um, I, like to, I like to break it down into a few steps. And so um, I think it's important to break it down just because you want to try to isolate, like growth is a, is a very complex problem, and you want to try to isolate it into smaller components that are more addressable, and then it helps you actually determine what to work on in order to like solve a particular problem that you know. So the first problem that I think that most people struggle with is awareness to download. And so 
actually getting somebody to become aware of you and actually convert to a download. And so this is an incredibly challenging problem. You can do things like advertising, you know, affiliate. You can go out and literally just like poke everybody on the street and just tell them to download whatever you can possibly do. But the most important thing is that there's there are a lot of channels and you need to measure them. You need to know which channel is actually working for you from driving a click to an install. And this is one thing that's just been sorely missing from like in, in our growth efforts is the ability to actually measure that. So, you know, th- we, we do it. There's actually a couple other companies that you c- will p- charge you, a, you know, an arm and a leg to do it too. Um, but use a link that's tracked, measure the click to download conversion, and make sure you tag by channel. And then test every channel. Try blogs, try posting to Facebook, tweeting, everything you can just to try to drive awareness to download. So that's the first thing. Just make sure you measure and optimize. The second one is you've got the download. Now you need to think about actually getting like a real user. So this is a step that's very often overlooked by a lot of people, but it's a massive, massive drop-off. So it's the, the conversion from downloads to somebody who's actively downloaded to activation. And uh, if you show like a registration screen, just uh, you know, industry, and I think this is all public, but averages through a, a front page a registration screen are on the order of conversion averages are like 40% or lower will actually register and engage with your app. So that means that if you convince somehow 10 people to download your app, you're going to lose six of them immediately before you even had a chance to show them the product. And so the focus on activation is just like, just, just sweat over that flow because it's like top of funnel, it's the most important step to focus on. Um, so one thing that we've seen a lot of companies do is leveraging the links to determine where somebody came from and showing them a personalized experience. So for example, if you build out an invite feature for your app, one thing you can do is in the branch link, embed the details of the inviting user and then the uh, invitee, the person who receives the invite, when they click the link and install, you could actually show them your friend's, like their friend's face. And from that perspective, they're just like, it's a warm welcome out, you know, where otherwise it would be a generic splash screen. And we've seen that double and even some cases almost triple that conversion rate, uh, depending on where it was to begin with. But it has a massive impact on conversion to activate. Activate being like, you know, actually committing to a registration. And so the last, the last phase of this, um, you know, is actually getting that person to invite their friends. And so you want to try to drive as much viral and organic traffic as possible because like majority of apps that actually grow substantial user bases are all done organically through, through viral mechanisms. And so building in a flow that's very, um, you know, conducive to inviting is critical. So uh, I was just talking to a, a, an app developer that was working on a side project and they were basically using the links to, it was a, a, an event planning app and the concept was uh, in order to organize events, you want to try to get a bunch of people to come in and, and attend. And so most of those folks don't have the app. And so you use the link to send them a, you know, an invite to the particular event. And then upon clicked and, and install, they're immediately connected with that event. But like the, the core concept there is that you need to think about how to apply to your own business is that sort of the virality 
is baked into the functionality of the app. It feels natural. If you just add like an invite flow, you know, just say like there's an invite button on the uh, in the hamburger menu of the sidebar, <laughs> um, you're not going to see more than like one percent, two percent growth from that feature. It's going to be just not not. It's not going to work for you. You're going to be depressed. So <laughs> focus on like depression. yeah, <laughs> focus on how you can actually bake sort of virality into the app itself. Uh, and then once you've got that, like you've sort of optimized those various pieces. So the awareness to download, the download to the activation, and then the activation to the share. Once you've like isolate, you know, optimized that particular set of flow, you've effectively come up with a like a you know a growth engine that can effectively just feed itself and continue to grow on its own. So that would so that's how I would try to break it down and make sure you measure everything. You know. Use all the tools you need to make sure you're, you're actually accurately tracking. You know, Branch is a great one, um, and and uh, hopefully, you know, you'll you'll find the path to success. It sounds but, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? Yeah, that's well, it. That's all you have to do. The problem is you just gotta like it's very specific to everybody everybody's particular instance, so it's hard to recommend very generic advice. But like, if anything, I think. Focus on how you can break down the problem and, and work on each individual step is really the what I would advise. And do you do it in sequence, do you think? Um, or do you, you don't do it all at, at one time, right? You optimize I, the inbound, and then when you've, you've nailed the first two, then you move on to the virality piece, right? I'd actually, I'd actually look at it from a perspective of uh, like almost holistically. Just make sure you're measuring all three steps, and then from that perspective, you can um, just sort of look at what seems low. Like what can I, oh, you know, the sharing, the uh, you know, activation rate is really low. So let's focus on things that we can add to specifically improve the activation rate. So like you know, just feel it out. Look for industry averages. Uh, we'll be publishing some more things soon to try to help more people out about like what averages that they should expect by type of app, by category, um, along those same sort of trends. And I think it'll just in general. Um, it should the story should play out on its own. It should feel like you know what the problem is when you just look at the data and those simple steps. So when you're under average, is there is there a specific does does virality work? Can it work in every instance? Like can it work in every app? I, I mean, honestly, I, I don't like it's not it's not fundamentally applicable. Like ref, you know, referral pro, incentivized referral programs work really well when there's actually something you can incentivize with. Um, We've seen invite flows work really well when you know you can actually like bake it in, like as I mentioned at the, at the event, event phase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sharing works when the content is just like conducive to sharing. Uh, you know, if if you don't have growth fundamentally baked in, if you can't bake it into the app, it's gonna be it's gonna be a slog. Like yeah. you have to have enough value baked into the app itself that causes people to just want to tell their friends about the value. If you can't like put a forced virality, then you've got to just sort of hope on a hope on a dream <laughs> that the, <laughs> that the word of mouth works for you because otherwise like you have no shot. But that's it's it's honestly something to think about too when you're when you're t thinking you have that idea that you want to get started on. If you can't see that trend of getting from 10 to 100 to 1000, if you can't prove to yourself fundamentally that you've got a model that could actually drive that, don't even start. You're just going to waste your time. Might yeah. be a good learning experience, but 
It won't be more than that. It, it's that that's like such sound advice, right? Because if you cannot infuse your app with virality, uh, and you're relying on something like the App Store to be able to drive activity, downloads, then revenue and customers, and all of those things, then rethink, right? Yeah. That's that's what you're saying. Yeah. I, I you know I use um. I use this, and this is the last thing, and then I'll let you go because I've monopolized your time. I really, really appreciate this. Alex has been great. Um, it doesn't sound like we've been, it doesn't feel like we've been speaking for four and a half hours, does it? You know? <laughs> no. Um, but I, I use this great uh, podcast app called Overcast. Um, I don't mm. know if you've ever used it. it, it um, I mean, it's amazing simply because they have this great uh, algorithm that strips out the, the pauses, the short little annoying pauses in podcasts. Uh -huh. uh, so it, it removes the gaps. So it, it, it speeds it up without speeding and making everybody sound like mickey mouse right um when you <laughs> nice. when you want to hear awesome. it it's very good it's a great algorithm but what they also allow you to do is like is like podcast specific episodes and share specific episodes but it shares the episode in its entirety and one of the oh. biggest challenges in the podcasting world is that no i only want to share you know from minute 38 to 42 <laughs> and i want to send it out and i want somebody to download the app and then get to that point where it's like this is the most important thing this is this proves me right you're wrong because yeah. of this right and and i so w w even the simple things like that that add <laughs> tremendous value and stickiness like if i could say like like my friend there who i mentioned before who who mm. is who, who won't listen to this podcast because he doesn't think that he gets any value out of it but if i said listen look here's an expert saying don't call it balubla call it <laughs> You know, we want sales, right? Or whatever yeah. it might be, right? Yeah. <laughs> if I could just take that one little piece and send it to them and say, in your face, pal, right? Uh, that's a perfect example. So if anybody is listening from Overcast, you know, get in touch with Branch. Be a part of this world, <laughs> would you? Because there's I want to set that up. There's a great app. Uh, one of my favorite use cases is uh, Udemy. Uh, is an online course-taking app. Yeah. Um, and they allow you to actually, if you're listening on your desktop, you can be like, you know, halfway through send yourself a link to finish on your phone. It's a branch link. You install, open it up, you continue right where you left God, off. That's so great. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, I, I, I would hope that I could reach back out to you um, in a little while, six months or so like that. You know, I'm going to let you breathe and, 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 and do your thing. Um, just don't get acquired in those six months. That's always happens. I say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to you in six months and then everybody's like, oh, you know what? We've just been acquired by Microsoft. We're now Microsoft Outlook, so we can't talk anymore, right? Um, well, we turned down a couple of those, so we're, yeah. we're on a rocket to the moon. I hope so. Mars. Stay independent as long as you can, would you? Just until <laughs> the valuation is good enough where you look at it and say, I'd have to be an idiot to say no, all right? And uh, and then don't be an idiot and say yes, please. But I'm, I'm going to assume that, that that's going to escalate pretty quick. I just want to help, I want to help developers and I want to help users. And I want to help the ecosystem. Yeah. I want to get there as fast as I possibly can. And I don't believe that a large company would actually let us move any faster than I can on my own, so. That's a great, great way of thinking. That's a great way of thinking. But if somebody offers you like, you know, a billion dollars or two billion dollars, you can help a lot of companies with that amount of money. <laughs> you, know? Just, you can build your own apps. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you, Alex, for doing this. Um, I so appreciate your time. This is this has been great, uh, and I love what you guys are doing. I, I, awesome. I, I'm going to be following you guys, and I will follow up in a number of months to see how things are going. If you don't mind. Awesome. Well, I just all all I can say is I hope this helps. I hope somebody out there will benefit from you know taking the time to hear about this because i honestly think it's just a no-brainer <laughs> so so it, wait, wait, it is people should be involved just go do me a favor
<laughs> go to branch.io and if you're in the bay area and you see some of these the meetups that they're doing uh, go to branch.io and look look at the events that they run because they they're bringing guys like the guys who are driving growth from pinterest right like you guys are getting some of the best guests i've ever heard and if you if i could deep link to your podcast right now i would absolutely <laughs> do it but you can get it from branch.io go and listen to those podcasts they are stunning the, the amount of information that you guys are giving away in this space is incredible it's second to none so i really appreciate that as well so thanks alex all right well, thanks so much, Rob. I really appreciate this too. This has been great. We've been speaking with Alex Austin, who is the uh, co-founder and CEO of Branch. Go to branch.io. If you know what's good for you, go and do it right now. <laughs> Guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sticking around till the end of this episode. I know you found tremendous value. Please hit me up if you have a question. I will pass it on to Alex. Uh, Alex, what's your Twitter uh, handle there? Do you mind giving it's it? illustrious alex illustrious alex go to at you know send him a note if you found value in this at illustrious alex i'll leave you to do the spelling alex <laughs> thank, thank you for tuning in thank you or thank you for being a guest on this i really appreciate your yeah. time and those of you who are listening thank you for tuning in we'll see you next time on untether.tv mm -hmm.